The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about using influencers to grow your business. Joining us is David Morneau, who is the co-founder of the InBeat Agency, which is a micro-influencer agency that helps you discover thousands of micro-influencers across TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube to build awareness, drive sales, and create content. Yesterday, David and I talked about growing DTC brands through micro-influencers, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about content crowdsourcing that fuels social growth. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with David Morneau, the co-founder of the InBeat Agency. David, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. It's a pleasure to be here again. Excited to have you back on the show. Yesterday, we talked about how to use TikTok. I don't know what TikTok is. I'm 40 now, so thank you for explaining it to me. <laughs> but moral of the story is micro-influencers on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, people that are not professional content creators. They're not doing this as a full-time job, but they're able to create some great content and help your brand find a meaningful lift specifically for D2C brands because the tangible nature of how they show you what your product does, how it looks, how they use it. There's also the notion that they're creating content for you. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about crowdsourcing content. Obviously, influencers can publish content on their feeds. What are some other ways that you can get people to create content that'll help you grow your social channels? Sure. So two teams, right, are really a play here. Typically, the two teams that are tied into kind of the micro-influencer marketing playbook, you've got the paid media team and you've got the social media team. So these two teams are essentially always looking for content. Paid team is looking for new ads to create. They're looking for UGC, user-generated content, influencer-generated content, call it how you want, to power their new ads, test different variations, get new market, et cetera. Social media team is always looking for new content to post across their social media. So micro-influencers are a great way to create that content pipeline that you need to power these two business units in your e-commerce business. So essentially, you'd kind of look at the influencers that you're looking to work with. Well, their profile is essentially their portfolio. Are they good content creators? Do they know how to speak in front of a camera? What is their real building skill or TikTok video making skill? Can they make something that we can create and so forth? So the micro-influencers can become a way for any brand to kind of outsource that content creation process to a bunch of people and then retain the best ones and rework with them on an ongoing basis. 
Okay, so the idea here is that you can look for content creators essentially to build in-house content for you. And you're, instead of saying, hey, micro-influencer, I see that you're creating really good content. Why don't you publish content that talks about my product or service on your profile? You're saying, create the content and give it to me and I will publish it. And you can publish it as well, right? Oh, so there's co-publishing as well. It's not yep. just, you know, David, you're going to create a piece of content for me. I'm going to put it on the MarTech podcast feed. And now it's my content, but it's professionally created. You're basically co-promoting it. Correct. That's essentially how you can put it. So talk to me about what it costs to get people to create content for you. Where do you find the basically the break-even cost between hiring somebody in-house and crowdsourcing your content at scale? I think the idea of crowdsourcing your content at scale, well, there's two ways that you can do it, right? You can walk through micro-influencers and do it that way. Content quality is going to be a bit higher, or you can go through customer base. We work with a lot of brands that will get customer testimonials, that will get customer-driven content by incentivizing them to create content through a hashtag and whatnot. That's another way that you can drive a constant stream of user-generated content, which works extremely well for brands that have an enormous amount of goodwill. But say you go the micro-influencer route and you want kind of like have a benchmark of quality where the influencers will create some content that you can choose the influencers that you're going to work with. You can expect to pay, you know, a couple hundred dollars per piece of content to anywhere to a thousand dollar, depending on the complexity of what you're looking for. What are you looking to do with the content? Are you storyboarding it? What is the extent of the complexity that you're looking to do? And remember, a lot of these companies are going to be using that content inside their paid media. So essentially what you end up having is what type of content you're looking to get. So the idea is to start with what you're looking to create and then go from there. Interestingly, what's very relevant in micro-influencer marketing is that you can address different sub-markets. So let's say you're like, okay, we need to target women, Hispanic, 25 to 34. The casting is really easy. You can get people that match your target audience and create content towards that audience and deploy it in your Facebook ads and measure the results. You can also go by niche, right? You can say, okay, we need yoga moms that are 34 to 45, and we need to kind of address that. Again, let's take the skincare example, and you can create content that's very relevant and tailored to that audience. So it kind of helps you bypass that casting step where you need the right influencers. Okay, so essentially you can profile a specific type of influencer, pay them a couple hundred bucks or a hundred bucks to create a piece of content. You also mentioned that you can go through your customers and try to see which of your customers that have had a positive experience with your brand. Do you find better results using influencers that are great content creators or finding customers who happen to fit your profile? So one of the secrets we do is that we look at, you know, it's not really a secret. Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, it's been spilled. But we look at a client's Instagram page and we look at their followers, who's following them and who are the influencers in there. I mean, if you're looking to create testimonial-based content, you're going to get much better results with people that actually love your product, right? You don't want to just have someone shill your product and it's like, hey, this skincare cream is amazing, but I haven't tried it, nor do I care. And this is a paid collaboration, by the way, that has a level of trust of about zero. So you've got to find out, like, again, it's, it comes down to what type of content you're looking to create. If you're looking to do feature-driven kind of content assets, like, hey, how to do this with the product or how to do that doesn't really matter if the person has used the product before or not. It just, you have to have someone that's good at creating the content. But if you're looking for testimonial content, definitely tap into that customer base of yours, ideally, or, you know, influencers that you give them a shot at trying your product and then say, hey, be honest. Did you like this? Yes or no? 
yes, cool. Let's go ahead with the collaboration. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. So you mentioned that this content is great for two reasons. One, it supports your organic growth. You can basically have content to publish in your social feeds. And two, the paid team gets involved. Talk to me through what you do when you have a micro-influencer or a customer create content for you. So let's walk through the whole process, right? What we'll do is we'll identify content needs first. So what we do is kind of a mood boarding, mood matching approach where we find, okay, here are the content examples that we're looking to accomplish. So we go through competitors, parallel industries and whatnot, and we find kind of the content assets that we want the creator to use as inspiration, right? Think about it as creating a Pinterest board. It's kind of the same thing. You want to create inspiration. And then once you get your content out, you can do that for multiple types of content. Once you get that, then it's about finding the right influencers or clients against that type of content that you're looking to create. So that's the process that we go through essentially to get the content that we're looking to get. Clients, a bit different, but a bit of the same. We look at clients, we give them a hashtag so they can post and share their content. If they like our product, we give them a discount, whatever. There's many ways to incentivize your clients to do so. You monitor that hashtag. Your social media team can monitor that hashtag. The um, paid media team can monitor that hashtag. What's tricky here and that's to be taken into consideration is that unlike the influencer where you've probably built in a clause in your contract where you ask for the copyrights, these customers, you don't have rights to their content. So be careful about that. If you see a piece of content that you really like, then you can write to the person and say, hey, we'd love to use your piece of content in our ads. We can compensate you X, Y, Z for it. Would that be interesting for you? Here's what I don't understand is that when somebody is taking a piece of content and they're putting it on social media, they're putting it out publicly. 
So what's stopping me, and you know, maybe I'm thinking of Twitter or, or LinkedIn, where I can share a post. So as a brand, what's stopping me from going on to a social media platform and just sharing a post and promoting that shared post? Why do I actually need to pay them to put the content on my feed? Why can't I just take what they've published and syndicate it broadly? Because then it's coming from their profile, which makes it seem like it has more credibility than me as the brand posting it. Well, that's something you can do, right? But if you're looking to run tons of variations against it, potentially, you know, cropping it up in your business ads manager, testing different variations, chopping up multiple videos, putting them together, the line gets blurry. And additionally, in those ads, your micro-influencer is not getting attribution. Like if I shared your post to my social, then yeah, you get complete attribution right there. So it's really about attribution. It's a completely okay to repost an influencer's post to your Instagram page and mention them and so forth. That's fine. I mean, they've posted it online. They're completely okay with that. Kind of like someone sharing your podcast. They don't ask you for permission before they do it. But say they were to repurpose your podcast to promote their network, then it becomes a bit different, right? Where they want to give you attribution to it and you would have to kind of negotiate how this would look. Yeah, I guess there's a little gray area there where if somebody is doing a product testimonial for your product and then they post it publicly, can you take that content and then run it in an ad? Right. Like if you are creating, you mentioned a skincare brand. It's like if you are showing how that skincare brand works and you put that on Instagram, I can republish your content and say, hey, thanks, David, for talking about our product. We love that you're one of our customers. And I'm just resharing the content you created. I'm creating my own post using your content. And then I can go advertise on my post. There's definitely some gray area there. Yeah. And to be fair, the legality of it and the human component of it are two different things. If you're dealing with your existing customers and you tick them off for whatever reason, that's very bad for you as a brand, right? They're buying from you. They're your client. You want to make sure that they're okay with you reusing the content. That's kind of like the essence of it is like protect your brand. Don't make it for a bad experience because imagine an influencer, their content has been reshared and it's boosted. They see that in their feed. They can kind of get like ticked off of like, hey, why wasn't I not aware of this? Can do and should do are two different things. I worked with a landscaping brand who I won't mention, and they did a wonderful job. They created some 3D drawings of the landscaping plan that I could give to the person that basically built the outdoor portion of our home. And they said, hey, can we come and take some pictures of your home? We have these 3D drawings. We want to show how the drawings compared to what actually happened. I said, yeah, sure. And they're like, we might even use this kind of as a before and after in some advertising. And I said, well, you can take the photos. And before they even took the photos, the 3D drawings they created for my house were being used in their Facebook ads. So I'm sitting there scrolling through Instagram and all of a sudden I see a picture of my house. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, excuse me? And obviously I was like, hey, you guys need to ask if you can use my house in that. They're like, well, you said yes. I said, well, no, you, you said that you were going to do a before and after. And you have to be very clear. And honestly, that's an example of a business that you kind of use once and then you're done. I'm not going to re-landscape my house, or at least not for a long time. So maybe it's worth them pissing me off because, hey, it's a beautiful home. But you could refer them to other people and you could have mentioned them on this podcast. And for what it's worth, I have. Okay. <laughs> and they're a good company. I don't want to mention them on the podcast just because I'm speaking negatively of that experience. It's a brand that I genuinely like. Okay. Well, there you go. 
I think the takeaway here is that you can use your customers, you can use micro influencers to not only promote your products and services, but create content that you can then either repost, syndicate, or advertise. This is a little different than just the traditional influencer model where you're looking at kind of an awareness driver. It's hard to calculate ROI. How do you think about figuring out the value you're getting when you're crowdsourcing content? So of course, you're getting the content itself that you can reuse in your ad. So what's that worth for you as a business? You can calculate like what your performance increases and in your return on ad spend, even though that metric is becoming harder and harder to calculate adequately because of attribution and whatnot. And then you can calculate as well your social media team, like the social media lift that you get from resharing all the disinfluencers content. It, again, brand is a hard thing to measure, but this helps brand tremendously. Yeah, it's a fascinating idea to do content creation and specifically for the sort of physical products. I think that's why it makes so much sense for D2C brands. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with David Morneau, co-founder of the InBeat Agency. In the third part of this conversation, which we'll publish tomorrow morning, David and I are going to talk about influencer seeding, the untapped marketing strategy. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about David, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you could visit his company's website, which is inbeat.agency. That's I-N-B-E-A-T dot agency. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter, or you can even send us your topic suggestion or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.